Welcome to episode 537 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I am finishing my review of the complete books of Charles Fort. As always, you can find all episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me, at the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal experiences. Whether they're your own or from others you trust, happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening, whether you are here for the live streams on Discord or if you listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP Digital Broadcasting. There you can hear replays of the show every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing these shows and putting them up on the station, along with the music that you hear there. Um, as always, if you want to help, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find books I've written, uh, paranormal fiction, nonfiction on Amazon. I have a Patreon page where you can find one extra episode per, per month of true paranormal stories from the web, uh, for all membership tier levels there. Or if you just like to make a one-time donation, you can do that through PayPal. Help is never expected, but always appreciated, as there are expenses in making these shows, from from um, equipment to research materials to uh, travel expenses in some cases. I think that takes care of all of that. I do have one other announcement. Uh, due to my eyes sort of um, changing and getting worse, I will be only be doing two episodes per week from now on. Um, hopefully that will change and I'll go back up to four, but, um, I don't know if that'll happen for sure. I just know that I can't keep up with four anymore like I did, um, until recently. So, uh, they'll just be these two, one on Friday and one on Saturday that record, and then I'll release those the same night. So I think that takes care of everything. Um, thank you all for being here and listening. And, um, yeah, so we're going to finish the review of the complete books of Charles Fort. And of course, we're on the last book, which is Wild Talents. And uh, so we'll do that, finish those last five chapters. And then whatever time I have left, I will just talk about my thoughts on everything uh, in the entire series, just in general. So uh, starting here with chapter 28. And again, these are, these shows are made with the, uh, the assistance of AI, uh, I use the, um, the AI to summarize these chapters from um, books, books that are in the public domain, and then I read those summaries, and then we discuss them in these shows. So that's how these work. That's how it'll work from now on when it comes to nonfiction books uh, whenever possible. And uh, so, yeah, that's how, that's how I've been doing this. And uh, So this is Chapter 28. And this chapter explains the idea that happiness and unhappiness are emotional 
uh, rhythms that exist independently of one's life circumstances. Charles Fort conducted an experiment where he rated each day as positive or negative to see if life felt worthwhile overall. Uh, though more days were positive, he acknowledges the limitations of such quantification. This leads to philosophical musings about the impossibility of isolating any one thing or event as absolutely good or bad. All phenomena exist on a, on a spectrum between order and chaos, merging into their surrounding contexts. contexts. So one can't clean, cleanly label something as solely an advantage or a disadvantage uh, in some final calculus, it says here. Charles Fort tries, uh, I'm sorry, ties this to the idea of, uh, again, in quotation marks here, witchcraft, unexplained phenomena. Just as with happiness versus unhappiness, there is no way to precisely weigh uh, witchcraft's risks against benefits for humanity. Uh, its advantages and uh, evils would or permeate life in complex, interconnected ways. However, uh, Charles Fort argues civilizations have already survived huge, uh, diver huge diversity. So even if cultivated psychic powers negatively transformed society, uh, humanity would likely endure having withstood so many existing ills like greed, uh, violence, deception, and others. Uh, for it seems to imply developing witchcraft is worth uh, risking, given it may advance humankind's substan uh, humankind substantially if applied judiciously, but the future remains uncertain. And that's the end of that chapter. Again, as I always say, these are Fort's ideas, not necessarily mine. Um, he does he doesn't seem to have a negative or even really positive view of what he calls witchcraft, um, but and based on that chapter that I'm guessing. So um, but yeah. So anyway, that's that chapter. I don't have a whole lot to say on that one. Um, but uh moving on to the next chapter here. Because I really do want to uh get some some thoughts in my own near the end of this episode tonight. This one says, this uh, chapter 29, this chapter discusses the phenomenon of dowsing, also known as water witching or divining, as an example of practical magic or, in quotation marks, witchcraft that has been put to widespread use. Dowsing typically involves someone holding a Y-shaped rod or a pendulum that supposedly uh, dips or twitches when walked over uh, when walked over an underground source of water or minerals. Charles Four argues that dowsing works through some psychic or magical ability, not just chemical affinity. The chapter notes that dowsing was once uh, dismissed entirely by scientists, but many now concede dowsers can somehow locate 
underground water at rates better than chance. This has uh, this ha- this has led to professional dowsers being hired by various governmental bodies around the world, despite skepticism lingering in the scientific community. So while dowsing was once a folk magic practice, its effective pragmatic use has resulted in a miracle with a job, in quotation marks there, magic crossing over into uh, utilization in the practical realm. This fits Charles Fort's theme of showing magic and, and psychic abilities having the potential for being developed and applied systematically to benefit humanity rather than being seen as just anomalous tricks. That's on that chapter. Dowsing is a whole other topic. I think, um, I don't know, maybe at some point I'll try to do a show on that topic. Might be good to do that. Um, I've heard a lot about it over the years through all the, the different shows, um, paranormal shows, and uh, I can say I've heard about people, um, even just in recent decades, being hired or being hired to do that. Just what uh, what um, Fort said there, which is they're hired to find uh, places, the right places to dig wells on property. So. So um, let me see here. In the chat, PDG, PDG says the dowsing I did in the yard worked. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's I don't doubt it. And also the dowsing rods, I've seen them used in um, paranormal paranormal investigations as a tool in that as well. So uh, there's that whole aspect of all that as well. And again, you're looking for energies or and or consciousness using these other devices that seem to work in a lot of cases. So, um, again, it is a tool. So I do think that, that a lot of what is happening there has to do with the person as well as whatever else or whoever, whoever else is there. But um, I don't discount it at all. And that, that's, that's for sure. So um, really neat that that works. Uh, let see here. Hello, Derek. Uh, interesting that dowsing rods, uh, or dowsing, sorry, finds both water and energy lines, portals, water portal connections. Yeah, yeah. So, and minerals in some cases, which water will be going around, and yeah, definitely. Um, let's see here. So, let's, uh, I will go back and read all the chat later. I just really want to get these last five chapters done here. We only have three more to go. Uh, this chapter discusses, uh, chapter 30, discusses the idea that some magical or psychic phenom- uh, phenomena may occur unconsciously rather than being deliberately intended by a, quotation marks, witch or wizard, out of quotation marks there. As an example, Charles Ford describes his own exper- experience of staring at a picture on a wall which then fell, though he was not actively thinking about making it fall. Uh, the chapter suggests odd incidents like uh, very localized fires with strange burn patterns or deaths in locked rooms could result from someone else 
unconsciously imposing a visual visualization onto physical reality. For example, uh, imagining a bed on fire without picturing surroundings also burning. That's an uh, okay. The intense focus on one item to the exclusion of of context seems a trait of imagination made physically manifest. Uh, says so stigmata, bodily wounds resembling uh, that those of on Christ are are brought up as another uh, case of mental imagery able to physically appear on someone's skin through unknown means. The text, the chapter speculates such externalized imagination imposing harm may explain some bizarre murders that seem to defy rational explanation. Overall, it argues some magic happens unintentionally from minds unconsciously projecting mental images or intense emotions in ways that mystically bypass physical barriers and laws, not unlike myths of curses causing misfortune. More study of these phenomena could eliminate undiscovered uh, capacities of the imagination. And that's where that, where that chapter ends. I do like that because if you think about it, how many times have we, have we, over the years, sort of had maybe a, a negative thought about someone or other people had a negative thought about someone else and then something bad happens? It makes me wonder... Um, about the whole idea of being careful with one's one's thoughts and um, try never to harm anyone in any way, even when you know there's uh, situations, circumstances where maybe um, that might be something that that the person sort of wants to have happen to another person. Um, so uh, PDG says we located a gas line, old water line, old phone line. Dug without hitting any. Huh. Um, the Crimson FKR says, hmm, an energetic thought form manifesting in reality. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, PDG, PDG says, sounds like the emotion put into magic. Right. Yeah. So, and that can be have either good or bad results, depending on what's going on there. Which is amazing and or scary, depending on which side you want to take that to. And so that's why... Um, that's, that's why it's probably best to try to stay positive because even, uh, even if you're not having the best times and if you end up sort of thinking about others in negative ways, that might still affect others. So, um, just a thing there to think about, but, um, moving on to chapter 31 here, let's see here. Okay. Uh, this chapter uh, account, recounts sorry, the strange story of uh, John Lee, a 19th century prisoner awaiting execution by hanging in England. When the trap door was opened uh, beneath his feet, Lee did not fall through as intended. The apparatus was tested repeatedly and worked normally, but consistently failed to, op to operate when Lee himself stood above it. 
this bizarre event uh, disrupted Lee's public hangings as mystified officials struggled to understand the defiance of gravity. Lee was taken back to his cell while authorities debated what to do. The sheriff insisted Lee must hang, but the home secretary, I don't know what that is, uh, eventually uh, commuted a sentence to life imprisonment due to these, uh, the inexplicable incident. Charles Fort notes the dreamlike nature of the event and muses such inex- unexplainable happenings foreshadow a future shift in perspective. Um, phenomena currently seen as supernatural may someday be viewed as commonplace, much as electricity and radioactivity once confounded scientists. The chapter suggests that Lee somehow unconsciously and extraordinarily willed the trapdoor not to drop. A remarkable triumph of a mind of mind over matter. It serves as another example of latent human abilities exceeding present knowledge. That's an amazing uh, chapter there, and that that example given because I mean, how much energy would you be putting off when you're in that position, about to be killed in that way? Uh, I wonder if that plus just the right, I don't know, state of everything around him and and, in him sort of um, just work together to make it so that it just wouldn't work. Um, The Crimson FKR says home, uh, home secretary, I think it was, is basically the guy or gal who decides punishment and can overrule judges' decisions in the UK. Thank you for that. Yeah, I had no idea not being from that area. So, all right. Well, last chapter here. So this is good. Um, Let's see here. Chapter 32. I think that is the last. Yes, that is the last chapter. Okay. So uh, this chapter examines the longstanding controversy around fuelless motors, devices claimed to generate power seemingly from nothing. It discusses especially, uh, I'm sorry, focuses especially on the cases of two inventions, John Worrell Keeley in the 19th century and Lester Hendershot, and that, that is what it says, in the 1920s. Both mystified observers with motors that seem to run without an energy source. Charles Fort speculates that rather than frauds, these men unwittingly tapped into and directed some psychic or magical ability to energize their devices. Uh, I see. Okay. He uh, sees the hostility and suspicion the scientific establishment directed uh, towards them as hinting at an intuitive unease with such unexplained forces. Uh, Keeley attributed his self-powered motor to uh, vague technological principles uh, beyond others' comprehension. Hendershot cited Earth's magnetic field, but the uh, or but Charles Fort 
uh, thinks they unconsciously mobilized uh, a personal wild talent like mine over matter. Yet fear of being persecuted as magicians may have led them to avoid making supernatural claims. The chapter argues the phenomena surrounding apparently self-powered motors suggest science must expand to acknowledge and better understand latent human capabilities that defy present knowledge rather than reflexively dismissing them outright. This fits with the book's theme of hidden talents, awaiting uh, demystification through systematic research by more open-minded science. And um, so that is it. That is the end of the review of the uh, complete books of Charles Fort. And um, so this has been amazing, reviewing all these books um, and just sort of going through all those chapters. And uh, so, yeah, okay. Um, Looking at the chat here, and Andy says, uh, zero-point energy crossover with energetic thought form from quantum foam maybe would help to explain manifested thought forms. And uh, yeah, yeah, we made it. Yep, yeah. Amazing idea there, Andy. Uh, And yeah, I think you mentioned it before and I just forgot. So you may have to remind me every once in a while again until I remember for good. But um, yeah, this has really been amazing. I think there are, overall, there's a few things that it seems Fort really got into. And I mean, obviously the one is just, starting out cataloging all these weird experiences, um, just writing them all down, getting them on record, putting them in in a book form. And then I think after that, and that was like with um, the first one that we did, Book of the Damned. And I think um, after, during that book and probably after, he started to try to figure out what everything was going on there. And that's where you get, I think each of his books really, his other three books, um, New Lands, Low and then wild talents. Each one of them seems to focus on a certain idea and try to apply it to those those all those accounts of all these weird happenings. Uh, New lands is the one that suggests that there are other, literally other lands somewhere out there, maybe even other in, in other dimensions, where all these objects that are falling from the sky are somehow coming from. Uh, and of course. Um, Low is the one that, uh, it's L-O, is the one that uh, covers the idea of teleportation. And um, just, w- and, but then of course, Ford doesn't know where are all these objects coming from or going to. And same with people, where do they, how do they disappear and reappear and all those things. And of course, um, the idea, I think we, between all of us, first three books there, of other intelligences being sort of behind uh, all these these fourteen, as the phrase the the term become, is known later on, all these um, seemingly unexplainable events. And then, of course, the last book, the one we just finished, Wild Talents, is about just that. Somehow, people being able to cause all these um, paranormal, supernatural, unexplained events. Even maybe um, 
explaining the larger events with larger uh, quanti quantities of objects appearing, disappearing, falling. Um, sort of the idea of large numbers of people, massive populations sort of um, willing things to appear because they either need the items or they want them or whatever. Um, I, I keep going back to that one example for a game of, of flies sort of, sort of being all of a sudden in short supply. And um, then all of a sudden you had several random falls of flies. So, um, but yeah, that's really all, all the things that um, I think Fort covers there. Thank you all for listening. And um, I will talk to you on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care, everyone.